Well, welcome everybody. Super, super excited uh, for this week. We're on a series called From, From Here to There. And uh, it's, been a, it's been a couple weeks. This is actually week three. And uh, it's something for you as the individual that we've been talking about. Something just for God's talent. He's taking you from here to there. He's got you on a journey. And also for us as a church. And uh, clearly, we've, we've, had a, we've, had, we've had kind of a, a thing every week. The first week was you got to cry out to God. The first thing you have to do on your journey to get from here to there is you've got to do what Israel just did. You've got to cry out to God. Israel, this people group that God moved from enslavement, 400 years of being slaves, he moves them from that to being the most powerful nation in the entire region. God takes this country, this people group from here to there. He'll take you from here to there. The first thing you have to do is you've got to cry out. Israel did that. The second thing, Some of us don't know what to put in our cry out moment. And so we said, you got to worship. That was the word that we wrote last week. What you got to do is you've got to worship. A lot of us like, I don't know what to cry out to God. Start here. Start by worshiping. This week, uh, not only does worship lead the way, but I think in this whole journey, what God really wants to see you do is he wants to see you land at a place from here to there. There is a victory. He wants you to have a victory moment. And and here's what blows my mind in the whole thing with Israel and your life, because it's true in your life. In a a snap of God's fingers or just the spoken word from God, he could immediately deliver you to a new reality. Like when we start talking about, I want a victory, I, I need a victory in my life, and I want God to take me from here to there, you've got a picture of like what that is. It's something at your job. It's something you've been working for. It's something, you know, maybe in your family that, that's broken. And you're like, I want victory here. Here's what God could do. We, we know, and this is why we get frustrated with him. Honestly, you know that God could be like done, and it would just like all fall into place. He could have taken Israel and just been like, you're in the promised land. They could have skipped all of the drama with Pharaoh and the plagues, right? They could have skipped 40 years of wandering in the desert. And they just could have been like an empire. But what they would have missed is this journey of God showing them that he's real, that he's in their life, that that he's going to come through in hard times. And their faith wouldn't be as strong as it was because of the, the journey God took them on. I believe that the final moments on your path from here to there are most often the most difficult moments. Right before you get to a place where you realize victory and you're crying out for victory, I believe that those moments at times spiritually are the most difficult. Everything seems to be at its worst. Things seem to be shaking. And really, as we look at the construct, kind of the path from here to there that we're using, we see a nation, ultimately, we get to learn from their defeat. Israel kind of messes up. I, uh, I don't get to preach from uh, this book of the Bible very often, but we've been in the book of Exodus. So I'm going to take us to another book today. And uh, we, we say unashamedly, if you're online at home right now, we say this all the time, uh, that we, we, just, we believe that uh, Christians, if you're, if you're single and you're looking for a mate, you really need to do, you should do that at the church. I just think that that should happen. I mean, don't be creepy, okay? <laughs> I mean, don't be pointing people out right now. That's also rude, sir, Okay. You should, we, we want that to happen at the church. And some of you guys, honestly, I mean, I, I'm, you need some help with your game. And so I actually got a little line for you. You know, if you see a Christian lady and she loves God's word and you're like, man, I want to I wanna get to know her, you try this on. I'm just going to put it out there. You, you work with it. But here it is. You walk up to her and you say, hey, what's your favorite book of the Bible? Mine's Numbers. Can I get yours? 
right? Right? Don't try it now, dude. That's weird. You got to wait. She just heard it. It's not going to, okay. Numbers chapter 13, verse 1. Here's what's going on in Israel's history. The Lord said to Moses, send some men to explore the land of Canaan, which I am giving to the Israelites. To get from here to there, victory is really what, what you're after. That there moment where you're trying to, what you're reaching for is what God is describing in Numbers chapter 13, verse one, to all of Israel. He's like, Moses, it's done. I'm giving you this victory. It is yours, but you gotta know what victory is. You gotta know what victory looks like. See, there in your life, that victory, what is yours? I think right now you just need to put it in your head. And you're sitting here and you're hearing this message today, right? Right now, if God's taking you from here to there on a journey, where is there? What does that victory look like for you? Some of you right now, you're thinking of multiple things. Some of you, you've got one thing and immediately the spirit of God's like, I know what it is. What does that victory look like? Because if I was just a motivational speaker today, I would say some, if I was preaching what we would call a prosperity gospel, where if you believe in Jesus, everything's just great all the time. I would say things like, I'm not, but I would say things like this. You gotta claim your victory. Now, I, I'm not exactly sure what victory God has mapped out for you. As, as a pastor, one of the saddest things I see is people wasting their death. I do. I witness it continually. And people come, they say, pastor, I want you to pray for me. I want you to pray that I get healed. And I look at them, I say, that might not be the victory that God has for you. The victory God might have for you is actually death and how you treat him and talk about him in your death. Because here are the odds. We're all gonna die someday. God might've appointed for you to die on this day. And it's like the last two minutes of a football game and you got the ball and you get to make some plays and you're sitting on the sidelines and you're thinking about the after party and what your speech is gonna be. And you get to heaven and God's like, you didn't win the game. Like, there, there, there's no great big speech because you wasted an opportunity. And I, 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 some of us, we've got a victory in mind and it's not the victory God has in mind. We're wasting opportunities. I would say, claim your victory. Maybe I would say this, you deserve a victory, right? That, that just sounds good. Like when people tell you that in an ad, you know, you need this because you deserve it. Um, I, what did Israel actually deserve? What had Israel done at that point in time to deserve a victory? Let's be very clear. Israel had done nothing to deserve a victory. They had simply followed the plan. They had cried out to God and they had worshiped him. They didn't deserve a victory. And if I, if I was just preaching something that would sound really good to your ears today, I would be like, you got to claim a victory and you deserve a victory. Or I would say this one. I hear this one a lot. You know where victory is? Victory's in you, man. Victory's always been in you. I mean, this is the theme of every movie we let our kids watch. This is the biggest lie that we're letting our kids eat. It's victory is not in you. You know what's in us? Sin. And a born with desire to go after something that's gonna destroy us. That's what's, that's what's in me. I'm not putting on any false pretense up here. here. If you're set at home, here's what's in all of us naturally. An appetite for sin. Victory isn't in you. Victory comes in you when you get the Holy Spirit of God living in you. How about this one? People say this. All you gotta do is you gotta believe in a victory. If you can just believe enough in a victory, that's just setting someone up for defeat. Because a lot of times in our life, we don't get the victory we want. And then we're like, I just didn't believe in myself enough. It's really, a, no, no. You gotta believe in Jesus. 
not yourself. There are these voices that are coming at us that have got it all wrong. God was building Israel into a nation. That's why he didn't snap his fingers and put them there. And here's what's crazy. God is doing, God's building you into you. God is building into you. He is taking you from here to there. I want to put a, a verse behind it. Philippians 1, verse 6 says this. Being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it out onto completion until the day of Christ Jesus. God is beginning a work in you. And my, my fear is people hear this verse or they're at Cracker Barrel and they see it on a pillow. It's all knitted, embroidered really pretty. They see it on a bumper sticker and they get a gushy feeling. And they're like, that's for me. And some people, all they have is that feeling and it's not for them. It's not. And here's why. Because God has to at some point begin a good work in you. Or you're just walking around feeling like, man, God's always been with me. And no, you might have been around God's people. You might have been around worship. You might have been around some people that love God. But that doesn't mean you are a part of this. God has to do this. He has to begin a good work in you. The question you should be asking right now, if you really want to go from here to there, is when does that good work begin? At what point does that good work begin? I believe it begins in a salvation moment. It's what we practice here all the time. We sing songs where we publicly declare that we believe that Jesus Christ is the son of the living God. That's in the songs that we sing. And, and then we watch people be obedient as Christ commanded us to, to come into relationship with him and his father and the Holy Spirit. Jesus says himself that that happens when we're baptized, go into all the world, baptizing people into the name of the father, the son and the Holy Spirit. And there's a lot of people that are walking around and they're hearing this verse and they're feeling really good. They're like, God's doing something to me and he's taking me from here to there. But they've not been obedient to the things that start, begin a work in them. To get from here to there, we gotta do this. We gotta take possession. I wanna, I wanna go back to the book of Numbers, chapter 13, verse 30. There's something that happens in Israel's uh, history that's amazing. It says this, um, verse 30. Caleb silenced the people before Moses and said, we should go up and take possession of the land for we can certainly do it. And here's the, here's the context. Here's what's going on. God shows up to Moses and he says, Moses, the promised land, I'm giving it to you. It's yours. You, you just get a, this is a beautiful, fertile, wonderful, awesome land. It's yours, guys. And God says, I want you to send some guys up to look at it. They send, they send 12 spies. When I was in VBS as a kid, we, we sang the song, 10 were bad and two were good. And the only way they made stuff more exciting when I was in VBS is they just did it faster, okay? They would just sing the song faster and give us sugar. It worked. It was great. I loved it. <laughs> Caleb looks at all these people and he says, you, you, you gotta go take possession. To get from here to there, we've got to take possession of a victory, now, again, I want to be really careful with taking this Old Testament historical event and laying it on your life and you walking out of here and being like, you know what? I want a victory. So you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go take possession of it. I'm pipe. I'm pumped up now. I'm all hype. And I'm just going to go take possession of it. Like, what, what does that look like in your life? Because very clearly, God has already given you some victories. Okay, God has given you some victories, but we see some other, and I'm telling you, the other things that you want a victory moment in, I don't know what they are. Some of them could just be flat out wrong. They could be, I, I don't know. 
Book an appointment, we'll talk about it. I'll give you my advice. I, I, I don't know. I, I use God's word. I use prayer. I use the context as God is working my life to help define if a victory is from the Lord or not. But there are some victories I can stand up here and definitively tell you, you have them now and you need to start taking possession of those victories. Here's one of them, joy. I don't want joy. I want a promotion, right? <laughs> I don't, peace. Peace in your home as far as it is depending upon you. I don't want peace in my home. I want to be right. I want for them to be wrong. And I want for everybody to know it. Right? How about eternal security that you don't have to walk around anxious and worrying about where you're going to go when you die because you know that the Spirit of God lives in you and Jesus will stand before his Father one day and say, I know this one and they're coming to paradise forever with me. That changes how you walk through life when you understand the value and the preciousness of that. Your fear of everything else in life and all the other victories we want start to pale in comparison. There's some victories we want, but what's actually happening here when we say go and take possession of something is some of us are saying, I don't want that victory. I've got another one I want first. I mean, what I see happening in God's word many times is that you want that other victory, but the road to that victory is many times claimed by realizing the other victories God is trying to give you first. And don't miss that right now. You're going after some victories and the road there is claiming some of these victories that God has already said. You don't have to pray about it. You don't have to wonder if I wonder if I, here's what he wants in your life. Joy, peace, knowing where you're going to go one day. And those things are probably going to build you into a context that delivers some of the other victories or changes them and makes them better. We got to take possession of those things. There's excuses. There's some excuses. And I'm going to tell you right now, Numbers 13, 31, if we just continue to look at what God's word says, it helps us. Here's what happens. Verse 31 says, the men who had gone up with him said, we can't attack those people. They are stronger than we are. And they spread among the Israelites a bad report about the land they had explored. They said this, the land was, ex was explored, we explored devours those living in it. That's a scary thing. All the people we saw there are of great size. See, when, when they're supposed to go take possession of the land, make no doubt, there, there, there will be war, okay? God's like, you're gonna go up and you're gonna take the land. The people living there aren't gonna be like, oh, it's yours? My bad, here you go, right? That's not what's gonna happen. There's, there's about 2 million people in the, the people group of Israel that is becoming a nation as God leads them. They send 12 spies away. 10 come back. 10 spies are bad. They're bad spies, okay? Two spies are good. Caleb has a spirit about him that we need to catch because there's some excuses. We don't have the education. It costs too much. We don't have enough leadership. We don't have the talent. Others will not follow. That's true. I'll tell you right now, we're on week three of a vision for our whole church and there have been people that have come and said, hey, we've seen the vision and we just don't want to be a part of that. And that, that's okay. That, that's okay. God takes good people sometimes and moves good people to other places. And if you're trying to go somewhere and you've ever tried to go somewhere, not everyone's going to like where you're going. I mean, try to get my family of six people to agree on a restaurant. You'll figure that out right away. It's never happened. It's never happened. I'm going to guarantee you something right now. Bad reports in your life will outweigh the good ones. 
And we've got to stop listening to bad reports. And here's, if you want to move anywhere in your life from here to there, you've got to stop listening to bad reports. These 10 guys go and spread really, they're true things, but they're bad reports. The people in that land were bigger. The land does devour everything that eats in it, but it's a bad report. It's a bad report because Israel had proof and God is a proof God. I mean, you guys, the, the crowd is going to be skeptical. The crowd is always skeptical. And I, I would tell you to like, be careful of crowd think. I would say, be really careful about what the crowd says and thinks. Because Jesus tells us that most of the crowd is wrong. Jesus says, there, there will be more people that do not believe on the Son of God and go to a place, and people don't preach this anymore, but God's word says it. Jesus says it with his own words. They'll go to a place that eternally is far away from him. It's called hell. And it's not a place where you just go with all your buddies. And it's like, I get to do all the things I do here, and it's awesome. And if, I, got, if I'm gonna, I can choose heaven or hell, I'm just going to go to hell, be with all my buddies, and have a good time. God says, Jesus himself says, it's a place of weeping and gnashing of teeth. It's not a good place. So if we're constantly listening to all of the bad reports, I'm going to tell you right now, Jesus said most of the reports coming back to you are wrong. They're false. We need to stop listening to quantity of reports and start listening to quality of report. And the quality of Jesus' report is substantiated by the fact that he defeated the grave and hell has no binding on him. Amen? So, uh, church, God's moving you from here to there and God is moving our church from here to there. And uh, we got to talk about both. We got to talk about how God's moving you from here to there, but we also got to talk about what God's doing in our church. So uh, I want to, I want to show you a little bit about what we talked about last week. That's a really awesome picture there of them bringing back some really big grapes from the promised land, but that didn't convince everybody. The grapes didn't do it. I don't know what they needed to bring, but the grapes did not work. So we're on week three of talking about as a church how we can go from here to there. And uh, a little bit of catch up, if you're just coming in, you really need to, if you're online, you really need to watch the last two weeks because we want to all be together on a journey. I think it's really important. We've said that we've got 30 acres here on this property and our church has developed four kind of at the center. And what, what's the highest and best use we can make to serve the people around us? Well, We've talked about, and what we're planning to do is renaming the larger property around the church, the commons at Trinity. Commons means this, shared by coming from belonging to or affecting the whole of a community. I mean, I love that. That sounds like the gospel to me. We want to be a church that's in the center of a vibrant, alive community that we are serving. And it's called the commons at Trinity. Amidst former cattle ranches and wetlands of the northern Tampa Bay region, a visionary community of disciples intentionally create the commons at Trinity as a place where passionate people connect deeply around biblical reality and genuine relationships. The big idea in action sounds like this. We're a discipling church in the Tampa Bay area that gives the gift of community to the unchurched and the overchurched so that abundant life happens. We are intentional friends, hosts, guides, mentors, and key leaders who do whatever it takes to help people find 
home. We want to be an irresistible church that is Jesus-centered, rooted locally with global impact. I'm excited to tell you that's who this church has always been. I've only been here for three years. This church is over 40 years old. For 40 years, this church has been rooted locally, serving this local community with crazy global impact. I love that. We're passionate about connecting deeply with the right processes, teams, and communications so that people can belong and be known. By the way, when you follow Jesus, you don't have to believe to follow Jesus immediately. He didn't make all the 12. They couldn't understand it. He let them belong before they gradually started to believe. And you can do that here. You can come and belong here before you understand every little thing. We welcome people. We do this. We provide visionary spaces and places to experience true relationship measured by participation, engagement, and progress. This is what community can be. We serve first. Inspiring people to grow through genuine relationships right now. Man, if there's anything I would want us to circle around, it would be what Jesus himself did. Jesus served people where they were first. We want to be this unstoppable hub for biblical transformation that results in a culture of disciple-making disciples. And with 50 years of, of stories and stories of lives changing like what we witnessed today, we're just getting started. Generations Christian Church is connecting deeply. So last week, you're drinking from the fire hose here. If you didn't, come on. We talked about phase one. This is happening right now among us. Like this plan is We've already done civil architectures and there'll be bulldozers here probably by February. Amazing Explorers Academy. There's a brand new building being built out on Little Road that's going to have about 200 kids able to come to it. That is a STEAM curriculum preschool, a sports field with lights, Trinity Fitness Center, Seven Springs CrossFit, Trinity Coffee Company, a community playground, splash pad. And once that Amazing Explorers Academy is on the road, there'll actually be a third charter school. There'll be a total of three schools on our campus by the fall of 2021, around 500 families a day bringing kids here for education. And we get the opportunity to do this, serve them. And and a lot of people say, man, it sounds like we're starting to get into a lot of things that aren't our core. And I I feel, at times, I feel like pushbacks. Like, you know what the church is supposed to do? You can take care of people's spiritual problems and you stay out of everything else. That's not what wisdom, the character in the book of Proverbs did. Wisdom is a person of the Holy Spirit in the book of Proverbs. And wisdom invaded politic and commerce and there was no place wisdom couldn't go. And the church has a voice in everything because God created everything. It's our birthright. And we have an opportunity to serve people in these ways. Because I'm going to tell you what, when people have a problem, they don't all of a sudden call the office and say, I need to meet with one of the pastors. They talk to their barista. That's who they talk to. They talk to their workout coach because they see that person three times a week. They see me or one of us like once a month if they come. So we want to be serving people where they're at. So we told you that this week we would talk about phase two. So phase two, we would hope would start in late fall of 2021, after phase one is completely done and rebuilt. We just want to immediately walk into it. This is not a 10-year plan for our church. This is a fast plan because the gospel is urgent. So this is what our entrance looks like on Chittam Road. Right across the street from here is that awesome four-story parking garage they built us. That was so nice. Uh, It looks like this. Uh, Phase two, it would start to look like this. Kind of that Main Street district look. Community gathering places, perhaps a police station down there so we can serve those folks. Our strategic ministry partner offices and places for people to eat. Because Jesus did one thing in the gospel. If he did one thing at all, he ate food, right? 
and people gather around food and walls come down and we want this to be a place where we do things that Jesus did, where we meet with people. And so that's what Main Street kind of in the Trinity Commons will be looking like. So as, as we go to this area, this is kind of a drone shot of what the church looks like right now. That's where our current sports field is, even though it's moving. You can see the worship sanctuary we're sitting in. We want it to start to look like this. Tons of opportunity for community gathering spaces on that corner out there, which would be our most prominent corner that people see as they drive by our campus. Places for people to gather where they say, hey, we're going to meet. Where are we going? We're going to the commons. And the commons just happens to have at the hub of it a church that's alive, that's impacting the commons. Walking trail that goes around the whole property. And if you're looking really closely, I'm going to go back one slide. You can see the current sanctuary. You still see the current sanctuary, but you see a brand new building. That would be that building right there, a brand new sanctuary that seats about 1,800 people. In 2008, when this property was built, the original dream was that this would have 1,800 seats in it. But if you know what happened in 2008, it was rough. It was like 2020 rough. Not totally, but kind of in some ways. It was a rough year. And that, that actually never happened. And so we think that this community needs a church because I'm telling you, people want to go to church on Sunday morning. I don't know if you're aware of that. They don't, they don't want to go on Thursday night. Even people that don't know anything about church, they know when it happens. It happens on Sunday morning. And so we need more seats. And so we're excited about doing that. This building that we're setting in right now, this specific sanctuary, it can be turned into, uh, it's used for stuff like this, like right now for worship and all kinds of awesome things. Our students meet in here on Wednesday night. It could be turned into something like this. It can still be multi-purpose for services of all kinds. It's going to be an incredible space that we can use as like a faith hall and assembly hall. This is, I, I call this like the heart of our campus. It's just the most pretty place, prettiest place to be on our campus. Uh, it's, there's people probably out there sitting right now. If you're sitting out there, we love you. I hear the weather's nice. We want it to look like this. That way, even if it's raining sideways, you can still sit out there, get a cup of coffee, you know, kind of curb check your kids into G kids right there. My wife hates it when I say that. I'm sorry, babe. Um, and just experience, experience church outside. So G kids, we are a church that loves students here. And uh, our whole student area needs a total kind of like redo. It looks like this right now. It's a great tool. We're, we're going to make it look like this. It's going to be real exciting. Sign some continuity with uh, our, our whole property there. So this is what the whole thing looks like. You'll see a brand new kids space that doubles our current kids space on the very top. Brand new sanctuary. That's the whole map of our 30 acres. In phase one, we're looking at 2,000 people uh, weekly that with unique visitors, not people that come four or five times, unique visitors. Phase, uh, phase two, additionally 2,000. We're looking at, it could have a potential weekend influence of around 8,000 people a week that are just coming here to be a part of what's happening on Trinity Commons property. And we want, to be, we want to do exactly what Jesus did, church. Get this. We want to connect people to Jesus. We're real excited about this. Our GCC elder board has been working on this for around two and a half years. Our GCC elder boards, a lot of people, you know, when you look at the excuses, our GCC elder board is prepared for this. They're excited about this. They're unified about this. Legal guidance. A lot of people say, man, the church just has no idea what they're getting into and what it's going to take to do this. I just want to assure you, we've got one of the leading voices in America for nonprofit, uh, nonprofit sector, having for-profit entities and things of that nature, Asiatico Law Firm. Uh, they were based in California. They actually live here in our community now. 
and they're walking us and guiding us through this. God is putting, it's almost like God leads us. God is putting people in our path to uh, help us get victory in these ways. Consultants, Ethnos Development is uh, walking us through this. They're an incredible partner that I've actually known these guys for about seven years. And uh, God is putting partners like Ethnos Development. I would challenge you to check out their website and what they're doing with churches. Because if you're not aware of this, the church is never going to be the same after 2020. And it's not a bad thing. It's actually an incredible thing. And God has been preparing us to be a church that's ready to meet people where they are despite what's happening. We're really excited about Ethnos and uh, what they're bringing to the table. And then uh, Collage, we actually have a general contractor out of Orlando that's in our region that's faith-based, and they're a national company. These guys, I met with seven of them this week. They love the Lord Jesus. They, they recently did a job where 38 contractors came to know Jesus. It's like we're not going to win people to Jesus once stuff is built. We're doing it now. We're real excited to be working with Collage. And then finally, uh, we have a financial partner and the Solomon Foundation. A lot of people are like, man, how, how are you guys going to walk through this? And who are the consultants there? And what's the financial branch? Solomon Foundation, they're going to be here in January. They're incredible people. And uh, we love them. And a lot of this wouldn't be possible. They're not just a bank. They're a ministry partner that's walking us through this. And we tell you all this, one, so that you'll be encouraged. So that as, as two million Israelites look at a vision from here to there and say, we can't do that, that we say we can because God was a God of proof. Do you realize that God stomped out? The plagues, when God was doing the plagues in Israel, he wasn't just like, you know, I'm going to do something with frogs. Okay? He was systematically dismantling pagan gods in Egypt and letting Israel know that he's the one and only true God. And then he destroyed their army. And then he came in power on Mount Sinai. God is a God of proof. And he doesn't just say, follow me, it'll be okay. He's gentle with you from here to there. And he, he puts tools and things in your path. And God's been doing that for us as a church. I don't know if you guys know what this is or not. This is Mitchell Plaza. Um, I go here all the time. Tons of favorite, favorite restaurants. Love to drive up there, get something. But I normally go there, get it, and leave. I don't tell Jen, hey, it's Friday night. You know what we should do? Let's just go to Mitchell Plaza, and let's just, like, walk around. Let's just take Murphy, our dog, and let's just walk, you know, find a picnic table. There are none. And let's just be there for the night, right? No, we, like, have a destination. We go there. We get our Greek food. It's awesome. We leave, right? There's this other place. I don't know if you're aware of it or not. It's called Armature Works, okay? It's down in Tampa. If you've not been, uh, you should go. And I would tell you I would go with you, but here's what happens in my life. We're like, we're gonna go to Armature Works. We say this, it's 50 minutes away, guys, okay? And around three o'clock, if we're planning on going to Armature Works, my wife will text me and she'll be like, you know, we could just stay home and order pizza from Marco's and watch a movie. And I've already got my text back to her ready. Yes, because I don't wanna drive 50 minutes. Right? And then 50, and Armature Works is incredible. It's awesome. I love being there, right? Everyone lives. It, it, it's incredible. I'm going to tell you what our community needs. It needs a place like that because we don't want to drive 50 minutes and someone's going to build it. Why not the church so that we can have influence there and people can't tell us we can't advertise for VBS because we own it, right? So we're excited about that. And Jesus says this the kingdom is now. When Jesus shows up, Jesus preaches a kingdom because when Jesus invades earth, it's game over. Heaven had come to earth. The kingdom is now because Jesus shows up and he started to preach it. The kingdom is here. The kingdom is near because Jesus was here. He's not like, hey, I'm building a place for you. Just maintain while you're here and don't do anything. We're made in his image. We're called to take the kingdom of God, which grows and expands and is a city on a hill everywhere that it is. And he's calling us to do that now. 
And I think it happens when we serve first. I think the path to the kingdom being realized in a more full way is that we would be a church that serves first. Kind of our, our tagline is that this is your time. I believe that this is your time individually. And I believe that this is a unique time for our church to take the 30 acres that we currently have and see it at its fullest potential. I don't know if you guys are aware of this or not, but I just want to show you uh, what this property looks like. That's a kind of a, a really good shot of our property there in the middle. But there's a brand new road that's going to connect Starkey Boulevard all the way through to Mitchell. This is going to be game-changing for me because the quickest way home for me will be go straight north and I can avoid what Trinity Boulevard is becoming, which is scary, okay? You know, and I love it, you know, because we're all driving on it, but there's a lot of cars, okay? But for us as a church, that's also game-changing because that, that, I don't know if you've looked around us, but there's not a lot of property around us as a church. If we're going to do something to have a larger impact, uh, there's actually only one piece of property around us that would be then on that road frontage, okay? And so... I'm here to tell you today that in phase two, and we're just putting this before the church, that uh, there's 30 acres that could become available that could put us in a position where we have about 60 acres to make an impact in this community instead of 30. Now, some people that are in this auditorium, you live in the community that's there, and you're like, hey, that, that lake belongs to the HOA. It, it does, and what we would like to do is take care of it Okay, put a boardwalk on it, put paddle boats on it, put a park on it, mow it and keep it really nice. Because last time I checked, that cost the HOA money. We'd like to do that for you guys so that we can serve and make a path to where you can come over here and walk around the path. And can you imagine how much of a service to that community it could be if we were to take that responsibility off of their hands? There's about three plots of land up there that we could do lots of things with. We're building an incredible ball field, we already have problems right now with too many people that want to use it. We need more spaces for fields because our coaches are going to believe in Jesus and then those kids are going to hear about Jesus. So it's pretty important that the church builds fields more than anybody else. And we need land to do it. Guys, um, I think this is the most important slide we've shown in the last three weeks. It's a church that used to be at the center of town but the town just kind of grew up around it and the church lost influence. And now it sets cold, dark, and empty. And that's not God's desire for the church. And that's what a lot of churches look like in post-Christian Europe. And a lot of people say, well, that's where we're headed. That's right. It's not where we're headed if God's church stands up and says, we're not heading there. Because every time Israel repented and followed God's ways, God was just good to them. And we want to be a church that's in the center of the town square, that's alive, that's having impact on all those places that people want to go. See, from us to go from here, I don't know if you know what this property used to look like. That's this property a little over a decade ago. Trinity Road didn't exist. There was, I mean, there was, guys, this was cow pasture. No one came down here. This is just like barely over a decade ago. Can you see how much change has happened? All of those homes, all of the homes coming in, roads going everywhere, retail coming, it's coming alive. Can you imagine what it could potentially look like as we go from here to there in the years to come? Because this is what it looks like now. There's a group of people that uh, came before me and you here, and you don't even know some of their names. A guy by the name of Hal Gumbiner. Hal Gumbiner was an elder at this church. And uh, we recently did Hal's funeral. Hal and his family live in Kentucky. 
And uh, in, in our three years here, me and my wife, uh, year one and two, is just, it's just rough during a transition. And Hal's family showed up and they stood with us in this foyer out here. And we linked hands and they looked at us and they said, hey, we know that transitions is always hard at a church. And they don't, they don't live here anymore. They lived in Kentucky. And they said, our dad, our dad wanted this church to be on this property because Mitchell High School is across the street. And he wanted to make an impact in kids' lives. And those elders, right, men that were a part of this church that, that blazed an incredible trail, get this, somewhere around 2008, difficult economic time, uncertain time, uncertainty on so many levels. Those people dug into what this church could be and took an, an, an incredible risk and took possession of a land called this land. And we stood in this lobby and that family, they, they looked at us and they prayed for us and they said, man, we've heard that things have been tough, but man, we're, we're so behind you because God, is, God has got a new chapter for Generations Christian Church. And many of us get to raise our kids here and be a part of this here. And there are people that are yet to come because of what they have laid. And here we are in 2020 when things look difficult, unprecedented economic situation because of pandemic. And I believe that it is in, in the DNA of who we are as a church when things look the most difficult in our community that we birth new things. It's actually what, we've, what has happened. This church was birthed in 2008 as it sits right now. And in 2020, we have the opportunity to birth something new. And I believe it's just simply this, it's victory. It's victory for the renown of who Jesus Christ is and what he can do in our community. So church, uh, from here to there, as a church, we gotta cry out. For you as an individual, you gotta cry out. Church, this isn't small. Worship leads the way in your life, from here to there. Some of you don't know what to say. Worship leads the way. And there are some things that we've got to take possession of, and they're there for you right now. And you've been saying, I want another victory. They're there for you right now. Jesus died for you to have peace and joy and eternal salvation. There are some victories that you can take a hold of right now. And some of us have been listening to bad reports. This vision, I'm telling you right now, buckle up. There are going to be some bad reports come out for this vision. It's happened in God's people before, okay? It's happened. But God is good. God is good. See, the final point I would say is to get from here to there, you got to obey. Israel made one major mistake to victory. They didn't obey. God said, take possession of the land. And they got afraid. And the, the repercussion was 40 years of being in the desert. I don't want to walk for 40 years in the desert. I don't. I, I, I want to experience God's highest and best potential for who we are as a body in this community. That's, and I want to be a part of it with you. I want to experience victory. On the aisles, I believe it's on all the left-hand aisles, we've actually created a card that we want to ask you to get. If you're sitting on this side of the auditorium, if you can pick up the bundle and just pass them down to... Uh, uh, the adults that are in your aisle, people that are in your aisle. And I'm just going to tell you what, what's roughly on that card. We want you to take this card and we want you to pray about this card. Yeah, if you just got to get up and walk down there, let, make, let everyone get one. And uh, if you're online right now, listen, I, we, we know that this is, there's spikes in the nation, a lot of people at home. We're going to send one of these out to uh, the whole church, one of these cards. So if you're like, oh, I didn't get one or you lose this one today, you know, when you go eat chicken, okay, we're going to send one to you in the mail. But here's the thing. 
we, we want to ask you to prayerfully consider the different options on that card. One of them is simply this, that you say, man, I've been giving to the church and obeying God's word and I've been tithing and you say, I'm, I'm still into the vision of this church. I'm excited. And that you'd write your name on that because we just want to know. Because here, here's the thing, that property that's for sale to the north, like we want to we wanna go and buy it before someone else buys it and does something that's great, but it's not as good as it could be if the church bought it. We believe the highest and best use for that land to the north is that the church buys it. We're asking you to pray about that. We're asking you to, 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 to say, God, would you give this land to the church so that we can do something rocking awesome with it, man. 20 years from now, there'd be kids that didn't plan on being Christians that are Christians because they came to a skate park on that campus and there was a young 20-year-old kid who poured into them that was working there, selling them hot dogs and Gatorade, right, where they skated. It matters. For the kingdom, it matters. And so we want to know if you're like, we're in, we're in. That you would check that, write your name on it, and give it to us because uh, we want to be wise, Right? We, we don't want to go and buy a piece of property if, if God's people here are going to vote the way, God's, the way God's people voted back then. They said, we can't take it. We can't take the land. The leadership of this church is dedicated towards the pursuit of making this 30 acres, 60 acres. Hear us say that. And we're asking that you would firmly get behind. There are some of you that you've not been giving, you, but you're new here or you didn't know what God's word said about it, or you didn't think it was that important, or you just walked in and you're like, hey, someone else has got it. It's not my church. It's your church. This is your time. This is your time to be obedient to God. Some of the victories that you're looking for in your life, they're not happening because there's an obedient issue in some other things. And so you need to check that box that says, I'm gonna start faithfully just tithing to the church. There are some people that you've got the gift of giving and you can give generously, sacrificially even. And you're like, by, by the end of this year, me and my family, we, we've got four boats. We only, we only use one of them. We're selling three. I don't know what your deal is, right? Okay. If you're using it, that's great. I want to go with you. If not, sell it. Okay. Whatever you got. Because I'm telling you, God could use that money and it'll matter for eternity. Right. And so you need to, you need to pray about this with the people you live with, the people you're accountable to, your spouse, and, and say, hey, we're going we're gonna to give a gift by the, by the end of the year. And we're asking that you would take these cards online when you get it in the mail, that you would pray about it. And then over the, over the course of the next couple of weeks, we're going to have a party and we're just going to come to the altar and we're, we're going to say, hey, what's God people doing? And get this. We are not a congregational church where we vote about what we're going to do. The first time all of God's people voted, they started worshiping a golden cow. Okay. We don't, we don't, the elders and the leadership of this church, we said, here's where we're going. We're going there. But what we want is for God's people to say, we're with you and we're all going together. And this is an opportunity for you to say, this is my time and I'm in. And so Jesus, and we think this is a very special Sunday uh, for, for just us as a church. And it's kind of one of those moments where we're just saying, we're, we're all in. And this is not just our time to go from here to there on personal journeys, but us collectively as a church. And so Jesus, in your name, we're asking that you would bring that land to the north into fruition. And that you would touch the lives and hearts of people that are online right now that call Generations Home and the people that are here in this room, and we would just all say, man, we're, we're going to do this. We're, we're, we're going to see God do something bigger than us collectively, and it's all going to be to the glory of him. And we're going to serve our community, like radically serve our community. We ask that. We believe that you've shown us this land, and we want to take possession of it. We know that the giants are scary, and we know that there's people that think this is crazy, but it, it doesn't matter. We're not listening to bad reports because we think that you're for the church. We think you're for our church, lifting you up, 
And so would you allow us to do it? It's in your name, Jesus. We've prayed about this together. It's in your name. We come crying out. Would you show us a victory? Amen, Jesus.